Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. We're back for another youth fitness podcast. This is an under 18, U18. And we're lucky to have Dr. Amy Saltzman back on. We spoke oh, a few months ago, maybe in the fall, about her work with Spot a Spider. And now we have her on to talk about mindfulness and teaching mindful, mindfulness to youth. We'd love for you to speak to that. So, yeah, I think in your notes, you had sent me a quick question, like, let's start with a definition of mindfulness. So let's start there. So I define mindfulness as paying attention here and now with kindness and curiosity so that we can choose our behavior. And I kind of want to break that down. So, right, paying attention here and now means doing our best not to be fantasizing or worrying about the future or obsessing and ruminating about the past. So doing our best to be in this moment with kindness and curiosity just means that unfortunately, most of us and often, you know, even more so for athletes, when we pay attention, even if our attention's in the present moment, we're looking at what we did wrong or our mistakes or we're beating ourselves up. And that's not science actually tells us at this point that that's not super helpful. And when we pay attention to our breath, our body, our thoughts, our feelings, our circumstances and the people around us, then we have all the information to choose our behavior. So let me just give you a quick example. If I'm in the gym and I'm in class and we're doing a particular drill or skill and all of a sudden I'm looking at my neighbor and thinking, oh, wow, she's doing it so much better than I am and I'm not going to improve and why am I bothering to do this anyways? First of all, my attention's not really here and now because it's with her, it's not with me. I'm not being super kind or helpful to myself or even curious about my own experience because my attention's over there with her. And um, my thinking is kind of running my behavior and I'm not really making a choice of, okay, I'm going to bring my focus back to me. I'm going to do the best I can today. I'm going to talk as kindly to myself as possible. And I'm really just going to listen to the instructions and follow them to the best of my ability. Or alternatively, you could bring your attention back to you and realize, wow, like rough day at school, 
didn't sleep well, forgot to eat lunch. And like, I'm not totally here. I'm not maybe even in a great space to participate. Either maybe I need to get a drink of water and a snack and come back. Or maybe it's just not a day for me to be here because I might actually injure myself if I'm like only half here mentally. So those are some examples. I love the uh, piece about kindness. My first observation would have been, oh, external kindness. But you're talking about internal kindness as well from what you've said. Is that correct? Right. And I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I do think that kind of as a culture, while we could definitely be kinder to each other, often we are least kind to ourselves. And so it's actually a skill that we need to practice. Agreed. Agreed. I hear that from people, you know, friends, family, often you know, that they, they find themselves doing that. And so I love, I love hearing that you're saying that and then helping train people, including young people, to, to think in those ways. Right. And as I kind of alluded to before, you know, both in external coaching and in when we're coaching ourselves, I think we have this mistaken idea that like harsh coaching gets results and the data don't really bear that out. The research on self-compassion actually shows that it helps us bounce back from failure more than like, oh, you stupid idiot. Why did you not X, Y, or Z? I think there's a, there's a tendency and often I see this at the at the high school level to focus on the hard coaching and to focus on the suck it up, push through mentality, which, you know, that is an important part of our of our, of our being. We need, you know, that, but I think you can, the, they, they feel, I think that often coaches feel that any deviation from that makes a weaker player. And the, the truth is it doesn't. And right. It's interesting because I just wrote a piece for psychology today. And in it, I use a story from my book, A Still Quiet Place for Athletes, about a game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. Is that what they're called? And in this game, the game ends in a tie and both field goal kickers have missed what should have been very makeable kicks for them based on the distance. And in the post-press conference, the Cardinals coach kind of reams the his kicker and says, this is the pros. This isn't high school anymore. You got to make it, baby. And the Seahawks coach, Pete Carroll, who practices mindfulness, says, you know, our kicker kept us in the game. He's made kicks for us all year, and we know he's going to make kicks again in the future. So when those two kickers get back on the field, which one do you think feels more relaxed, feels more supported, feels more in flow, the one who's been berated or the one who's been supported? And we just, we have this weird myth in sport about that demeaning coaching gets results. And it, it, it's just not borne out in the statistics. Well, we're really supporters of positive coaching. In fact, we were involved with an organization called PositiveCoaching.org. Many years ago, started looking at what they're doing because they had some beautiful templates for here's some things to think about, which we were very in support of. Are. Yeah, it's the Positive Coaching Alliance. And actually, the founder wrote the foreword to my book. 
And they have great, they have great programs for coaches who either want to start off their coaching careers, you know, oriented towards positive, holistic, athlete-centered coaching, or who somehow started their careers, maybe not oriented that way and realized, oh, like this isn't working well for me. It's not working well for my athletes. I think I can get more out of them if I um, shift my style. And I'm not by in any means saying that, co- you know, it's all unicorns and rainbows and, you know, that, <laughs> you know, coaches shouldn't challenge and push their athletes. It's just, do you challenge and push your athletes in a supporting w- way or in a demeaning or abusive way? Exactly. We, we came out of the martial arts world and from a very strict hardline kind of group in the beginning and over time started to see and investigate more about what's best for kids. And that's when we came across the Positive Coaching Alliance and definitely changed our approaches. And some of the people we were working with at the time didn't like that. They wanted to stay with, you know, the everything's got to be tough, suck it up kind of mentality. Well, that's clear. The students liked it. It was some of the old school <laughs> trainers that were. Right, right. Were and resistant. part of what we're doing is changing culture. And really, I just want to kind of tie this back to mindfulness for a minute. But really what you did when you started investigating that is you were in your own ways, becoming mindful coaches. Like, what do I think? How do I feel? How do I, in choosing your behavior, how do I want to convey that, like just the specific physical, technical information to my student? Um, And also, right, mindful coaching means looking at each student as an individual. So, you know, I might respond really well to being being really pushed, whereas someone else might respond better to, you know, just a gentle, you've got this, you can do this. And, you know, even moment to moment, how an athlete's going to respond can change. And it's how from a from a mindful coaching perspective, it's how in tune can we be with our athletes moment to moment about what they, what they need. And I find that usually, right, if the athletes beating themselves up, then I need to be more compassionate with them and help them be more compassionate with themselves. And if the athletes being a little lackadaisical or cocky or whatever, then I might need to bring some firmness to that and have them bring some firmness to it. So how does that change? How does that differ when you're working with different age groups as far as the presentation of being mindful? That might be a giant question. So I hope I haven't. No, no, it's fine. You know, I've taught mindfulness to people from three to 93 and I think what changes is how you present the practices, how simply you present the practices, how much repetition someone needs when you present a practice. You know, young kids don't hold on to any instruction, mindfulness instruction, instruction in the gym, as well as older, most older kids. So you may need to repeat it more. And the older they are, the more they can apply it in the heat of the moment. And even as adults, we don't always remember to apply ourselves in the heat of the moment. And, you know, there's also some moments where either you as the coach are too upset 
to have a skillful conversation or the athletes too upset to have a skillful conversation, even if all you want to say to the athlete is just breathe. Like sometimes the best thing is to step back and let the emotional wave pass. Because when they're in the peak of an emotion, it's called the refractory period, and they're in fight, flight, or freeze. And it doesn't matter how brilliant, kind, compassionate, helpful you're being as a coach, they can't hear you until the wave passes. So, you know, if you can slide in, take a few deep breaths, or why don't you go get a drink of water or, you know, take a minute in the bathroom and come back. But if we're trying to talk at them in that survival mode moment, they can't hear us. And so we have to give time for the the upset to pass. I can think of many instances of watching that occur, learning how to try and best support that athlete. And that that makes me think about all this uh, stuff in the news. I'm sure as an expert in this field, you see all these stories about high level athletes needing a moment for mental health and how does that make what does that make you think about as far as mindfulness and and how that could be applied well as you know from our previous conversation and just in general i'm i'm as i want to be as upstream as possible so whether it's kids in school or athletes in training I want to be teaching these basic skills to them as early as possible. So, you know, the time to teach someone mindfulness isn't, I think the big thing this week is the football player who knocked the quarterback out of bounds, right? And that was really upsetting and distressing for him. And it's understandable. He made, you know, he made an error, but the question is, can we teach him a maybe to be more mindful in the moment so he didn't knock the quarterback out of bounds? And B, even if he did, like, can he show himself some grace and some compassion and understand that that's part of the game? But those skills need to be learned and practiced just like tackling skills or passing skills. They need to be practiced before before that moment. And I just think in general, we as athletes and we as a society need to remember, we're also we're also human beings, we feel upset when we make a mistake, we feel angry when a ref makes a mistake. But then the question is, how do we deal? How do we deal with those feelings? And we can learn skills for dealing with those feelings. So really, you're speaking to coaches, parents, and the athletes themselves. Right. And so one of the things is, while the book Still Quiet Place for Athletes is written for athletes, all those same skills apply to parents and to coaches. And at the back of the book, there's a chapter for parents and there's a chapter for coaches on, you know, whether you're a coach or a parent, if your child athlete makes a mistake and you have that moment of like, ah, I can't believe they blah, blah, blah. Like you also need to let that wave pass before you speak to the athlete as a coach and your role as a coach is different, but you want to make sure that your wave of upset has passed and your athlete's wave of upset has passed, or it's just, it's a useless conversation until they can, their whole brain is back online and they can hear you and process. And as a parent, 
you probably just need to say, wow, that was really rough, you know, because it's not your job to probably in that moment to coach them either on their sport or maybe even on their mindfulness. Your job is to love them. So that's a beautiful statement. And we're at about the end of our 18 minutes. So I love that as a, as a tie up. And of course we will pop into the show notes, both the psychology today article and the book that now we need to go out and get right away and read because that was fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, it was a pleasure as always. And just, I, I, what I think what I want to leave your listeners with is these skills of like, poise and resilience and responsiveness and, you know, being compassionate with yourself, being compassionate with your teammate. These are learnable skills, just like anything in the gym is a learnable skill. And they need repetition, just like skills in the gym need repetition. Thank you. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, You can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network and welcome to the future of sports coaching. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.